the third and here comes Petrarca again full of confidence handball inside to Gorn 55 metres takes out the driver sets sail for home Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of pros I'm your host Scoot and I've got MG here how you feeling? Good, Scooty. Up and about. Up and about. Yes. NFL started, so uh, it's got us over the, the hump for the weekend. And now we're uh, previewing. Uh, we've got Brownlow coming up this weekend. Not oh, huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost forgot it's on. And OB joins us from uh, Opsland from season one. He was on last week, and he's brave enough to come back in after the absolute pasting we gave him last week about the AFL umpires. And welcome back. Thank you. They had a good week, the umpires. They yeah, did. They didn't have much to adjudicate. Yeah. yeah it was very one-way traffic. But um, Seen no. and not heard. Like children, the umpires. That's right. That's that's <laughs> the way they should be. Yes. I thought it was a rev up that you gave them after the show. <laughs> coach of training. And uh, I was going to congratulate you because that was one of their better performances. Yeah, it was. It was great. Was, uh, nothing, well, nothing to worry about. I rang the AFL HR department in tears. I <laughs> <laughs> can't go on. <laughs> Uh, they were good. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't much pressure in the game to umpire, but, um, yeah, they did a really good job. So hopefully that carries carries through for one more game. It was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, one, oh, one favourite winning emphatically and a, and a roughie just winning emphatically as well. Yeah. So it's funny when you hear, you know, you're chatting to your mates and, oh, you know, we've got the blowout games out of the way, so now the grand final's going to have to be a good match. But, God, heaven help us if there's another blowout grand final after those two. So um, they've had the dream run, I guess, for the first week of the finals. Everything's been chugging along beautifully for the AFL. You thought it was going to be two absolute corkers, and then, and then that happens. It does yeah. sometimes play out that way. Mm, um, yeah. Everyone, everyone sort of gets hyped up for the prelims, and um, yeah, I think that uh, Geelong probably looks a little bit old. I was very bullish on them, so that was um, that was disappointing from that respect. But um, and then the Bulldogs just came out and sort of us against them mentality, and um, yeah, no training session on the Adelaide Oval. They Crazy. had one Saturday night. Mm. I think they like it, the Bulldogs, don't they? When it's uh, Backs when against it, the wall. Yeah, they love all that, and and there's no better better man. Well, maybe Clark goes a bit the same, I guess, for Hawthorne, but uh, Beveridge loves it, doesn't he? He uses everything that goes against them just to, you know, and they come out breathing fire, and uh, it was crazy. Both games were over really, really quickly, uh, unfortunately for the fans and for some of the betting public, but uh, it's good. They'll, 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 hopefully they both come out breathing the same fire to uh, kick off the grand final. Well, they've been the best two teams for 19 weeks of the year. Mm. Um, it was at you know, sort of the end to the Bulldogs season. Everyone rode them off. Um, yeah. They've only got sort of one key injury, um, Tomlinson and Bruce, so they sort of cancel each other mm. out. So they're, they're, they're fit, they're healthy, they're going into this final, uh, into the into the last game of the year in, in really good form. Um, I, I, look, it's it, going to be a cracker. It, it poses it? to be a cracker. Oh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. it it, um, it ends out that way. Two great midfields, forward lines are both a bit, little bit makeshift. Defense is very good. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the way the season's now panned out. I, I mean, I, I like Port last week, and they were off the map. To be fair, mm. um, you know that no one was supporting the Dogs, and I guess it was a bit off their end of season as well, and and coming off a tough win the week before that, but. I tell you what, it's starting to really pan out for the dogs just in terms of like they've had three tough games in a row. They've found their mojo back. Now they get in the freshen up where I think Melbourne, I believe it's going to be one game in 28 days by it's the time they play the final. So in terms of coming in and how it's set up, it must be small advantage. Whatever that advantage is must mm. be to the Bulldogs in my opinion. Oh, 100%. And then I think everyone's been talking about the the Ds are playing a, a practice match this week or an, an intra-club. Um, you know, that's always, you know, when you start uh, publicising that, there's always going to be, you know, people going blowback. You know, yeah, maybe an injury or two. Yeah. Uh, they put a curfew on all staff and players over there in that's Perth. A, so that is odd, isn't it? I think it's a bit odd. Um, so it's just, I don't know if they've just sort of, you know, Battening down the hatches a little bit too early, a little bit too premature, or feeling the pressure a little bit. Whereas the Bulldogs are sort of embracing it, been there in 2016, which yeah. which worked for them. So, um, yeah, I, look, I, I think it's going to be a great game, and I'm really happy for the Bulldogs. I meet Baines, a fantastic CEO. I work with him at St Kilda. He's just one of the, the nicest people you'll meet. Luke Beveridge, a fantastic person as well. Um, so, they're, yeah, they're a really well run club. Um, and uh, yeah, it should be a, it promised to be a great game. Yeah, I think the similarities to 2016 is, is very similar for the Bulldogs. Mm. So they've been there and done that. I know they've got a week off now. They've got some players the that have gone the whole way, but yeah. I think they've got ten or eleven players still left over from that list. Um, and I think it, you know the two week gap is not so much the physical of Melbourne; it's more the mental now. That mm. They don't just have the normal seven day gap to think of. They a lot of their players will be playing this game over and over and over again. And just wonder how much energy they're going to burn out leading up to it. So I think the Dogs potentially will be the calmer team coming in 
and when they need to press the button. Uh, and Melbourne could a chance to be flat early. Well, and that's and that's the thing. So, so Melbourne have been in Perth for three weeks now. Um, the Bulldogs only been there for a week. They sort of come out of quarantine on Sunday, so so it's, it's still sort of a bit fresh, new, and exciting for them. Yeah, um, a bit of newness. That's right. You that's can't right. beat you, you change a new hotel <laughs> and um, yeah, fresh and surprise newness. A bit of eye eye, um, and then um, uh, so then then the the Bulldogs have been there before. They know what they're in for. They know what the week entails. They know there's going to be, you know, I think there's people are saying sort of 10,000, 15,000 at the captain's run. So they embrace all of that, whereas the Ds haven't got any any grand final experience. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden you're right, you know, the, the, the Neil Bullens, the Cozzy Pickets, these guys start playing it over in their head, which I hope doesn't happen for the game's sake. Yeah, but, yeah, um, there, yeah there, is that, um, there is that danger. And it was always kind of, I think we've spoken on it several times this year, of obviously Melbourne jumped out, terrific start to the year, and we're going along. And that's always been the question mark of Melbourne, whether they would, in fact, you know, at some page shit the bed, for a better word, you know what I mean? It's like when you haven't been there and stuff, and it's probably not the ideal team. I know the Bulldogs have shared top spot with Melbourne for a lot of it, so it's not like they don't, you know, what we didn't see it coming, but the Bulldogs is probably one side when they started the final series, if you're Melbourne, that you didn't want to see in the grand final for that reason. 100%, yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, can Max Gorn play that well again? Um, you know, Petrarca and Oliver, they, they just keep doing their thing. But everything went right for the Bulldog, uh, for the Melbourne. Mm. Everything went right. And even no. the little niggly injuries that they picked up, they seemed to bounce through them. Like the little twang from May, yeah. uh, Lever, they sort of got through pretty much unscathed. And I guess that's a big benefit for the Ds. They, they get May an extra week to, you know, if it was a slight tear or a tiny tweak, he, you'd rather have him have the week off and he's ultra important for them. And also for the Bulldogs, like Alex Keith, you know, so, you know, gives mm. him the extra week. Waitman gives him a, a good hit out this week so he can train fully. Um, they they don't have to make any changes because because uh, someone's injured. Yes. You know, they they got they got blokes coming back in who are fit, which is great. Um, I saw a bit of footage last night on the news that Lever sort of had a bit of strapping on that right knee. It sort of looked a little bit proppy, whereas May trained fully, so you just don't know how that's going to come mm. into it. But you think the extra time they they should be right. Yeah, yeah. it's good to see that both sides are really ready to go as well. Yeah, you know, I think that you know we want to see that, and as you said, the best best two sides for nineteen weeks. Um, there's no home ground advantage as well. Yeah, um, you know, so yeah, good. good, to see. good. Well, it could, could be interesting though. So good fast deck in the first half. Then the second half is played under light. So mm. and it does get a little bit slippery, a little bit greasy. So that could be interesting. Mm. Fascinating contest, and yeah, we've. I was happy to see Geelong out because we're critical of them most of the year with their with their speed. I think when we did the early season. Preview. We sort of we made a case for Geelong given their recruits, but um, all season we were sort of against them from a speed perspective, and um, yeah, they just got it, got outplayed big time, and they need to go back to the drawing board, obviously. Yeah. And then Port, bit... Port's mental game is um, is something that, that needs a lot of attention, and and Port, I know Georgie Artist didn't play, but they Dixon's a good contester, but. He's not a, a genuine power forward. He's not an elite forward, is he? He he can bring the ball to ground, but he doesn't change games. There's not too many times he's torn a game apart, no. is he? And um, whether he's got the capabilities as well. I know no, he gets he hung off and he, he has a lot of attention in that mm. forward line. Um, but, yeah, he ha- he hasn't done it on a consistent basis for mine. As you said, he's more of a, um, a, a wrecker into the packs and bring it down. That's what Port are, are made for. But, yeah, Geelong, Geelong were poor. Um, and the draw kind of went against Geelong in the fact that they were sent to Perth on a fast deck um, against a side that likes to play with speed and they were just clearly shown up. Isn't it funny how it's worked out with the no crowd? I think Demons would never have run down Geelong at home if there was a, a crowd. Maxi kicks the goal and then all of a sudden the draw shakes out the way it does and everything's just turned on its head. It's just one of those, yeah, sliding doors sort of moments. It's it's funny how it's it's all fallen have you got a have you got a feeling uh, which way the crowd will go for in Perth? Do you think it'll be a more of a neutral crowd, or do you think they'll pick a side? I know Melbourne have got some uh, Western Australian boys, and they seem to be getting more of the press. Do you think that they'll go there for the contest, or do you think it'll be? I think it'll be Melbourne. You think it'll be yeah, yeah, just yeah. just that romance, the the fifty seven years of no premiership. Um, Bulldogs had that in two thousand and sixteen. They had the romance. Yeah. So I think they'll go the romance. Um, 
yeah, just just thinking about the West Australians. Obviously, you know Luke Jackson, um, you know, Neil Bullen from South Australia. His family are over there. Mm. Kasai Pickett from yeah. from South Australia, but he's got um, some West Australian relatives as well. So I I, I reckon they'll go for the romance. Mm, It'll be interesting because it might fuel the Bulldogs even more for that. Hundred mm. percent. Again, it doesn't yeah. matter where we go. We're over in Perth <laughs> yeah. playing Melbourne, and they still still don't want us be against from. us against that, them mentality. Mm. Um, Beveridge is a great storyteller. I've heard a few of his pre-game speeches, and um, yeah, he'll get them. He'll get them right. Can I ask one more question, OB? If, if uh, from a neutral point of view, which coach would you prefer going into the game? Beveridge is uh, a master of the on on game day, and he's been there before. Not to say Goodwin hasn't, but everything's going. Goodwin's got chalk behind him as well, so. Yeah, he's got some experience with him. He's got Uze, um, Mark Williams, um, so you know, that helps. Oh, look, Beveridge has been there. I, I think Beveridge is a better, probably. Um, a better motivator from what I see. I, I don't see that from Goodwin, but I think Goodwin's very, you know, he's a meticulous planner from all reports. I don't know him at all, but a uh, meticulous planner. So he, he'll go through everything. Um, I'd probably prefer to be Beveridge. Beveridge seems to throw a few things around, whereas Melbourne sort of stick to the, the same same pattern of play and same people in positions. But, um, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd prefer to be one of them and, and not them anyway. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, the bookie wrap was uh, one out of two phase, one line covered. The other was a uh, shellacking, and then the totals both roared over. MG, your uh, ten unit double. You got the first leg, but uh, Port the second leg let you down. I I played it pretty similar myself. I I bet decently on the D's, and then I loaded up Port Adelaide, and I was you know all my chat groups and my, my mates. I was declaring Port at the price, and I'd had horses, and I had all sorts of all, all sorts of doubles rolling into Port Adelaide. I was that confident, and I, yeah, it was a pretty easy watch. After fifteen minutes of footy, well, it was over super yeah. super quick. It it was disgusting to watch, but I yeah, I, I actually didn't mind your double, um, and I, I thought Port were the stronger of the favourite, and the betting sort of reflected that, and all the money was for uh, Port Adelaide, and it was there was a bit of money around for the Cats, and some people thought the Cats had yeah. win. Yeah, we we were, I was really strong on Melbourne, um, you know, just with the way the game set up over there, and they they got the job done. And yeah, I, I don't take back the bet on Port at all. You know, we got our money in at the right uh, the right price. Um, you know, it was it was it was an avalanche for a final. Really, the line moved four points, which is a lot um, for a final. And Port being at home and everything like that, it all pointed to it. I wouldn't take back the bet. Just didn't get the job done, and yeah, it was over quick, as you said. Hmm. I, I thought Port might have come back. They, they score really quickly, and I, that, that's why I kept watching. But no, they just didn't give a yell. Mm. I think that touched. The, I think there was a touch ball in about the second or early in the third quarter that uh, got reversed on the scoreboard. That um, was a telling, telling moment. I think. Yeah. And gonna then you, they, you gonna be, sorry, going to be interesting for those two teams going forward. There's some good data around that teams that get smashed in prelims don't bounce back the next mm. year as well. It's not. It's not a good stat. I know Geelong's got an aging list, so they're mm. probably a bit different to Port, but. Geez, the scars might be carried for a while by that Port Adelaide side to have what they've potentially missed out on at home, heavy favourite, well supported with no excuses, especially with Bulldogs coming into that game of what they missed out on. To to do that is, um, you know, that'll, that'll take a long time to get over. So it'll be interesting for them next year. Absolutely. And, and you know, Ollie Wine's a superstar. You know, he could win the Brownlow. Um, a few markets are pointing that way. Boke's probably their their best player, but he's he's aging. Thirty three. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then apart from that, Arazio you know, went, like, went missing. That's right. Yeah, you know, Connor Rosie was a bit you know fumbly. I think Connor Ro- Rosie's going to be a very good player. But Rosie, they, Rosie was terrible. Terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, he wasn't alone. He yeah. wasn't alone. Yeah. So that's but they you know like Burn Jones and these guys not defending. Um, you know Bergman's a young player. Uh, Amon's had a great year. There's people are tipping him to win their best and fairest and beat Wines in that. Didn't give, you know, didn't um, didn't come to play. So I just, yeah, I worry about who their next crop is coming through. Yep. Um, they've had a great draft with sort of Dersma, um, Butters, and and Rosie, but you know, who who are the superstars and are going to jump out? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think they recruit well. Actually, um, you know, Alia Alia obviously was a standout this year, um, and it sounds like from all reports that Dawson might go from Sydney. I know we're, mm. we're speaking into next year, but um, you know, I think they'll build well. I just think it's it's not necessarily the physical for Port. They've got a very good home ground advantage. Um, it, it's just the mental scars carrying forward for that. And as you said, that they don't have an old list. But other than Boke, there's a big gap age-wise yeah. to the next. And I'm just wondering, those young guys, they might get scarred for a while from that mm. performance. I think it's an attractive club to go to. Uh, like, If the Vic boys don't enjoy living in Melbourne, which is a lot of people that don't, I think at Port Adelaide are in the premiership window. Um, they're well coached. 
to a, you know, to a large extent, they've made the prelim. Um, I think they're a really attractive option for any player that wants to um, get out of Melbourne or get out of a, a struggling club somewhere else or the or the, uh, the Queensland or, or Sydney or something like that. I think um, they've got a lot of currency. Port Adelaide, easy, easy to go play for Port Adelaide, easily. Uh, let's have a look at the hits and misses, where the money went. Mark alluded to it before uh, about the port line, but uh, the first one is uh, the Melbourne Geelong total. The money was for the under there, 151 to 149 and a half. It went uh, went over 167, and the port line was uh, 12 and a half to 16 and a half. Sting of the tail, we're going to save that one for top rope. We're going to try and uh, sideswipe him there. Um, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break, um, and then we'll have a quick look at uh, an early look at the grand final. If uh, if you're busting your chops to try and bet into those markets, there's plenty to bet on this week with the Brownlow as well. So we might look at the Brownlow a little bit more. But um, the AFL grand final we'll preview next. But if you're having a bet this week, make sure you check out Top Sport. They've been on the Gold Coast for 35 years. The Mill Hands betting, and uh, they take big, big bets. So we couldn't put the streams on without them. They're the only ones that uh, have the canasters to take the big bets. So make sure you bet with topsport.com.au. We'll take a break. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got MG and OB in studio. I might have to change my little name to NH or something <laughs> like that just so I can fit in. But uh, we're going to have a look at the AFL Grand Final now and see what the early market is. And uh, $1.65, the Melbourne Demons at topsport.com.au. $2.30, the Doggies. And 8.5 is the line there with the total, 155.5. I look at that market and I think it is about spot on MG when I look at that. I can't really look at that and think, oh, there's a clear error here. I Initially, I thought maybe Melbourne might go up a little bit higher and I would have been interested to back them. But um, now I... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's right. <laughs> a bit unsure. You got another week to think about it. So mm, that's, but that's I, I, I don't know. I thought that. Yeah, I didn't know if there was some somewhere around a dollar eighty. Maybe I'd take the D's, but I, I don't know. I'm going to sit and wait probably. Yeah, well, the market opened seven um, of the early bookies that went out, and everyone else kind of followed. Mm. And the only movement so far is is some have gone up to eight. Um, so the early indication is from Melbourne push. Um, there's not too many injury fronts that we need to monitor. Um, during the week with, with the two-week break. So I don't think there'll be massive changes to the market. My early take on it just with, with trying to assess this match is that I, I just think I'd rather be on the plus eight on the Bulldog side at the moment. Uh, you know, I'm just, I don't think there's too much between the teams. They're one and one um, this this year, both, both by similar margins mm-hmm. and at each other's home ground. So I don't think there's too much between them. So I, I just think um, when there's not too much between them, I'd always go to the plus first. Um, and I just think there's a few more pointers that I like on the bulldog side, um, and I, I, I'm leaning to being in the beverage camp at this stage. I, I'm still going to back in Melbourne, maybe not get the job done on the day. We spoke about Ben Brown um, and his impact just structurally has he changed. I think Wiedemann got dropped a while ago, and Ben Brown seemed to be the uh, you know the tonic required. So Keith back, provided he plays, there's a there's a good little edge to the to the doggies' favour there to stop someone like Ben Brown, don't you think, OB? Yeah, absolutely. And he was very good early on the weekend. Ben Brown straightens mm. them up. Yep. Uh, I think it it allows sort of Tom McDonald to sort of get up and use his tank and sort of beat, beat his defenders on the way back. Um, then you've got Jackson playing as that third tall or Jackson or Gorn. That, that, that's been the luxury for them. Yeah. Um, ben Brown's down there, takes the big bulky defender. Um, and then, you know, Gorn or, or, or Jackson who's down there gets the, the, the third tall um, and – you know, they're, they're far too good for that player. Um, so yeah. that, that that's where I think the advantage is um, for, for Melbourne going forward. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not saying there's – yeah, I agree. I mean, we've got, listen, we've got two best sides. Um, you know, I think you mentioned 19 weeks between them on top, so, you know, they're no surprises. Um, I don't think either side's got weak links. I think Martin coming back in the ruck for the mm. Bulldogs has, 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 has done the same thing to what, as you said, Brown straightens the, yep. Melbourne up. And I think now with English going forward mm. on top of Bruce going down for the Bulldogs forward line, it now creates their options for the Bulldogs. That it's not all Norton. And you can see how quickly Norton gets his tail up when he doesn't have that third man across. And that's so important against Melbourne that English can be freed up by Martin in the forward line. And he I'm not saying Lever will go to English. But someone's going to make Lever accountable because there's a multi-pronged all of a sudden for Melbourne to worry well, about. Well, I think then you know, Lever then goes to Hannon. And then all of a sudden, Hannon kicks three on the weekend. Melbourne know how dangerous mm. he is. He was under their nose for four or five years. Yeah. So 
all of a sudden, it, it you know, Petty goes to English, gives away a bit of height, and you know, who's a better player there? You know, six of one, half a dozen the other, um, and then May goes to Norton, and you know, with a, with a little bit of a dodgy hamstring, possibly for May, and Norton very agile. Yeah, it, um, yeah it sort yep. of certain, certainly makes him accountable. And if Lever want, wants to be the third man up and doesn't spoil the ball, well, then you've got you know, Hannon, Waitman, Dale, these guys on the ground, mm. yeah. and then yeah, like you, you saw how dominant Melbourne were in the midfield, and both midfields just bullied and ravaged their opponents to get to qualify in the prelims. This is just mouthwatering, isn't it? The the matchups out of the guts, like Oliver Petrarca. Yeah. Uh, and then Liber on the other side. Yeah. And McRae. What what I liked about um just going back through the season is that Melbourne handled the Bulldogs uh the first time they played. And the, they blitzed them, didn't they? Yes. And the key is that Beveridge went to went to school and we were, I remember previewing that game that the key was for the Bulldogs that they had to go almost underground into the forward line, that they could not bomb the ball up to Lever and May, mm. otherwise they get the same yeah. result. They were fantastic the way they dissected the Melbourne defence, got through and got the job done. So now it's up to Melbourne, I think, to respond um, going forward that if the Bulldogs play the way they did the second time they beat them is how are they going to stop that supply? And it does come from the midfield. The, the, as you said, Scooty, the midfield matchups are phenomenal. There's mm. no weak links in either. I, I know Gorn's going to have the advantage over Martin. I get that, but Martin tries all day, and you know he, he he's unlikely to beat Gorn. Um, but geez, the Bulldogs mids, they, they've got no weak link either. And you know, chances are a Brownlow medalist will be playing um, on the day as well. Um, you know, I think the matchup, the key one for me is what do the Bulldogs do with Liberatore? Um, you know, if if I'm if I'm beverage in there and it's grand final day mm. and it's all or nothing, the Bulldogs love that mentality. Uh, I'm really keen if Melbourne go after the Bont, but I'm more keen I'm going to watch Libra in the first mm. quarter because I think beverage will let him off the chain. And and don't be surprised if he's got someone like Oliver buried on the ground in the first quarter, especially if he wins a Brownlow. Mm. Um, you know, and for me, the Bulldogs have got some some weapons physically that I don't think Melbourne necessarily have. But Trucker's a bull. But he's not an aggressive bull at the man. He definitely plays the ball. And if I'm the Bulldogs, I'm going out there to shock everybody and I'm letting Libra off the chain. Mm. It's funny because Melbourne have put harms to Liberatore in the past, so that might sort of you know fire him up a little bit. You saw when Drew came onto him on the weekend, mm. Liberatore really got a bit of a beanie's bonnet. Just on the Brownlow, if it... If it is Bontempelli that wins the Brownlow, I think he copes better with the Brownlow expectation than Oliver. Mm. Being a captain of a club, had a lot more mm. publicity leading in. So there's a lot of media that goes yeah, with the Brownlow. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting if it is Oliver. Um, he looks like he not much phases him anyway. Yeah, but I think he'd be okay. Yeah, but I, I also like the second string midfields. You know, Dunkley, Trelaw, um, you know, Bailey Smith mm. that goes in there. And, He's and been on fire. That's yeah. right. And it's the depth. You know, Brayshaw then goes in there for Melbourne. It's, it's you know, Harms and these guys. It's, it's really mouth-watering in that And in most that of them are at the top of their games, aren't they? Like, Absolutely. I mean, Trelaw, again, is another one who was ravaged uh, going in. I, I thought mostly unfairly. And, and whether it's Beveridge or someone gets around him and just – you see what happens last week, just rev him up. And, and that's what I like. These guys don't that's, have – Two bad games in a row. That's where Beveridge is so good. He yeah. puts his arm around them, so you've got our support and away you go. All right, let's uh, let's have a quick early look at the Norm Smith medal for uh, the punters at home. Uh, Petrarca's open up favourite 550, Oliver's 675, Maxi Gorn. 55 metre on the run. It was just porn, wasn't it, for uh, the Maxi Gorn supporters? $8. <laughs> Marcus Bonapelli, eight fifty. Seems a big price. If you like the Bulldogs, the Bont's uh, a good little bet there at eight fifty. Jackson O'Cray, $10. Bailey Smith, 15 He's... Maybe a player of the final series. Uh, Tom Liberatore, absolute critical to those guys. Uh, chances $18, and you can get much better rest. I'm just having a little Captain Cook here. Like I, I can see why Petrarca's uh, favourite. I can see why Bont, uh, pretty all, all obvious prices early there, but uh, a couple out wide that I didn't mind. Astronaut at $51. If he jags up, he probably has to kick four goals, but uh, if he can get a hold of Steve May, which is like a little bit reverse, they love giving medals to, you know, the key defenders, the Brian Lakes of the world. Like, there's a lot of pressure on Steve May. If uh, Astronaut gets a hold of him, $51 looks good. Steve May's at the $46 mark. Uh, Josh Dunkley's 51 Lockie Hunter, 51 There's some funny uh, little specs. Have you got a, a lean or a, a spec yeah, at odds? I think, um, yeah, like the game itself, this um, Norm Smith is as good as we've got. We've, we've had in previous years, OB, as you know, we've had some pretty short, uh, you know, Martin's dominated a few years where it's kind of stifled mm. the uh, – 
the Norm Smith, but grouse. Like, you can get five fifty or five dollars into four dollars. He's off the map. Yeah. And if you like the Tigers, which I I've just pressed both these. Yeah. He's been my biggest bet for the whole like the whole yeah. thing. But I think this year, at least, you could you could generally yeah, pick eight or tough. eight or ten here yeah. at the top of the market and miss. Um, you know, Grand Final always can have the ability to throw up because if if a forward goes and kicks. Four or five, they're definitely into the mix, and there's a lot of players mm. that can do that. We saw B. Smith; I think he's he's kicked seven or eight goals in these two games. Yep. He he's at a good price. He's a ball winner as well. Um, and and you mentioned him going into the midfield. If he's on the end of a couple of goals, that's the kind of makeup for a Norm Smith you want. You want those blokes who can get twenty five disposals, maybe jag two or, two three, or three, get the winning side. Uh, he's got the long blonde hair. He's you know he can definitely attract it. One for me, another one who's a bit of a lair for me, but I think he's had a great year. Um, coming back into the side is uh, value is Cody Waitman. Um, he's got the ability to jag a few. He's a bit flashy. He doesn't mind taking a good mark. He loves getting into the opposition. I don't know if the umpires necessarily like him, but ninety one dollars. I thought that's he, a massive price. I, I thought he was uh, worth a little little standard. tenner. Yeah, a little, little tickle. Essendon supporters are still a little bit uh, annoyed at him. So <laughs> yeah. look, he gets those free kicks. He puts himself in the right spot. So um, yeah, that, that that's that's a good market there. What uh, any any thoughts, Crystal Ball? I, I I'm going a little bit out there. Um, <laughs> you I, do. Yeah, you I are do. out there. I do. Um, Ed Langdon first goal. He knows the ground really well. I think the wing role is really important. Bulldogs put a huge emphasis on it, and so do uh, so do Melbourne. Uh, I just think he's hard running. Might get on the end of end of yeah. one. A bit of a turnover from half back, and away he goes. Three bounces down the wing outside fifty. <laughs> oh, yards. get in line. <laughs> he's commentating his own. What price is it? Uh, uh, it'd be, it'd be a fair price, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, and then Norm Smith, look, Lockie Hunter at fifty-one dollars. Yeah, it's a big like price. Is sort of um, pepped up. Then I like Jackson McRae. And the other one for a bit of value is, look, he probably won't get the votes as Steph Martin. But if he does a job on Gorn, mm. you know, commentators yeah. look at that stuff. So hundred to one. Yeah, so you just need to wow. need to sort a couple of, of darts. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be an interesting matchup. Good yeah. little markets. Top Sporter got uh, plenty of markets yep. with uh, the yeah. grand final. Let's have a quick chat about the Brownlee Medal. We got the stream on Sunday. Ob is going to uh, be on the couch with us as well, so we've probably got a three and a half hour stream. We'll turn the cameras on at seven. The counts on at seven thirty. This is all Melbourne time, so please convert if you're somewhere else watching. Uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker, and we've opened the accounts. I think the uh, the live stream betting balance at the moment is somewhere around the 33K mark, and the first bet we had was 5,000 on Clayton Oliver to lead at round 10, and then the second bet that we just had was 15,000 at 425 on Clayton Oliver to win the Brownlow, the whole uh the whole thing. So uh, he's been four twenty five into three fifty. Looking at the top sport market now, and then Ollie Wines is three sixty. So he's been three twenty out to three sixty. The Bont four sixty. Jack Steele seven dollars. Petrarca seventeen dollars. And you can basically get much much better the rest. And it'd be a very big surprise if anyone comes out of that top five bracket. Probably a race in four. MG, why did you pull the trigger on Clayton Oliver early? You thought uh, the price was going to disappear. The right favourite, Clayton Oliver. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I see Top Sports has actually just gone into favourite and mm. bet, Betfair's about to go the same way. Um, yeah, I, I think Oliver deserves to start favourite in this count and he, and he will. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, he's going to take some big betting action to um, for Oliver not to start favourite. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I thought we'd, we, we'd take the earlier price um, and just the way the Brownlow kind of maps out. We'll go into this more detail when we, when we do our stream on Sunday. That I just think he's going to hit the front. We think at, after round ten, so he's going to get shorter yeah. again. Yeah, I just think the way it pans out, him and Bont um, will be there to shoot down, um, and I just think Oliver will, will just have his measure as it's going along. Hopefully, um, and you know, I just just like to be on the front runner going forward. I think he will shorten the quickest in the live trade. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we get our chips in early, and uh, and we see how the count goes live. I've got my thousand bucks in, but uh, anywhere between fifty dollars and a thousand, so you can buy one unit or twenty units. So Tristan's opened the shoulders there. We're probably expecting the bank usually doubles in the last sort of twenty four hours. I think it might get feverish Saturday or even Sunday morning. So we've pushed the bank back to I think about a three or three o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon Sunday close. Um, so you can uh, you can jump on board and just let us do the betting for you. Who uh, are over? You can sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's worked before. So <laughs> why change a winning a winning formula? Exactly. And I think this is the uh, this is the one uh, event as a punter I like to be on the punter side. I've been a bookmaker before, and it's disastrous. To all these 
all these multis that just combine and the race has already run. So you've got guys like MG, he's got spreadsheets, he's got mates and uh, other insiders that uh, he's got a hold of. So we've got uh, access to all the uh, all the different spreadsheets. We've combined the uh, the wisdom and I think we're uh, hopefully we've uh, we've found the winner. Hopefully we've found the winner at the round ten mark, and then hopefully Clayton can uh, hold the bont off because the bont does get the staggers. We uh, I think it was about four weeks out. We said it's bonts Brownlow. He got into a dollar ninety. We thought that was a touch short. Yeah. He started to wobble out to 210, 220, and now he's express out to 460. So there's a lot of people with Bont getting the staggers for the last three weeks and not getting a vote. So it's going to be an absolute cliffhanger. Not sure he gets the staggers. <laughs> there's a few blokes that are, that are poll well late. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, I think the Bont will keep drifting. I, I think you'll see Bont start with a five in front mm. of it. Um, come Brownlow. I'm not discounting the Bont. I, I, I just think there's four genuine chances in this count. Um, and, and, you know, as then we'll go into a bit more depth, but, you know, around the 30 mark, I don't think there'll be too much between the four. So if you like any of the four, you, you know, you'll have positive, uh, you know, run with your, with your money um, watching the count. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, it'll come down to the last two or three rounds. As you said, Bond's got a few zeros there and uh, Wines and Oliver look like they'll pole. It's um it's good to watch it that it's going to be close. For well, you, you think it's going to be close. There's no Lockie Neal. There's no Tom Mitchell. That you know those bolt away Tearaways. yeah winners. So yeah. hopefully and and normally there's there's a a player that hasn't played finals. So they sort of you know they, they sort of reel them in the, the finalists. But mm. you know Oliver Petrarca, Bontempelli, they've all played finals. Wines was playing up until last mm, week. True. So it's probably only Steel that, that that might drift. But um yeah, fingers crossed for Steely. That is a good point you make. Whoever plays well in the finals generally shortens, which has got no. Relation to what's happens happened at all, year. it does, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just, one of those funny it's things. There in the eyes, yeah. Uh, who do you want to see win? You want you probably want a tie, wouldn't you? Uh, OB, I, I, you're I, a very kind. I'd love a three. I'd love a three. AFL marketing purposes, <laughs> uh, but I'd love Jack Steele to win. Uh, yeah, I really would. You're a big uh, Saints man. Yeah, and um, man. he's a he's a fantastic person, Jack. Um, yeah. He's a marketer's dream, uh, so yeah, I'd love to see Steely win, but um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's probably Oliver's that uh, Oliver's to lose, as they say. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to give him a big start, Steel, but um, he'll be steaming home. It's yeah. going to yeah, it, I think it'll be a fantastic watch, and yeah, I think if you you know, I think if you like the tie, it might give you a side as well around the four dollar mark. It's not uh, not uh, impossible there. Might get three way, as you said. So who knows? <laughs> Surely not a four way. No. No, it'll, uh, it's going to uh, get right around that 30 vote mark. It's going to be an absolute corker. Uh, there's a couple of uh, other videos on our YouTube channel that explain how to get into the uh, the comp and a little bit about Mark's background, how long he's been doing the Brownlow for. And uh, there's a four-minute video, there's a 12-minute video, and there's the registration page, littlebirdiepod.com, and then Brownlow 2021, and it's got all the instructions of how you enter and then uh, how all the money gets automatically put back into your top spot account. So uh, it's going to be a, an absolute pisser. DK might... Uh, sneak into the uh, the stream, who knows, but Obel will be here, MG, and uh, we've got one other guest that's going to come in and uh, we're going to go round by round. So uh, you can sit at home and bet on who's going to get the three and then we'll try and find different betting angles because uh, it's one of those few events now that they've now it's created it looks like a race card isn't it so you've got uh you can bet round by round over the internet uh in play so it's uh it's an absolute corker so can't wait be our first ever uh, brownlow stream but it's going to be absolute beauty i think the bank will go over 50k it might get to 80 and yeah it could get to 100k so there's plenty more business to be done might uh jam in a couple of uh multis uh, team vote multis and uh, try and multi up to win a couple of hundred thousand and just really uh give top sport an uppercut that'd be uh, beautiful stuff wouldn't it, OB? <laughs> I've heard this before. <laughs> oh, well, on oh, the dog night, we had a good night and we've had a couple of hard luck stories. Uh, Animo's just come out and yeah. won the run of the rose and poor old Nicky Noonan was in here doing the uh, the Bet Doctor show and they had it they had it to win at 300,000, the Blue Diamond. Couldn't win a Blue Diamond. Now it's the short favourite for the run for the Golden Rose and for the Guineas. So we can find the right ones. It just has to happen all on the right night and hopefully this time the race has been run. So, MG, it's over to you and... Uh, just turn off your phone if uh, Clayton Oliver gets beat, can you? Go to the burner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's a wrap from us for the AFL. Early look on the uh, AFL. We'll do a deeper preview and we'll have a look at uh, some other outwide markets for the AFL Grand Final. Uh, but now it's time to talk rugby league with our man Top Rope Tedeschi and some Hall of Fame. 
Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Got MG and got OB in studio. And it's time to talk Rugby League with Top Rope Tadeshi, our man with a plan. And I'll tell you what, he looks like a half-brother to Mick Malloy after the uh, the shave. How are you, big fella? <laughs> Uh, I'm fresh. I'm fresh, ready for a little uh, lawn bowls and cheap schooners down the local bowler. Yeah, outstanding. Cracker Jack style. Cracker Jack style. <laughs> Top rope. We've um, we've we've saved one of our favourite little segments, Sting in the Tail, where we go on a little bit of a rant, and we thought, oh, well, we may as well just push this back into the NRL zone and your sort of hitting zone. And there's been some controversy over the weekend and it was all around the fixturing. And there's a couple of different angles here. And what's happened, well, the Melbourne Storm game, they've tried to fixture it on the same time as the um, as the AFL Grand Final. And I thought it was a bit of a marketing stunt from the NRL to put them on the map because no one's really talking about rugby league down here. And I suppose like AFL is Australia's game. I thought, okay, this is a cool marketing attempt from the NRL to be a little bit relevant. PVL, very good idea. He was always going to backtrack and renege. You're nodding, MG. It's a stunt. Oh, top ropes just tuned out after you said AFL's Australia's game. Yeah, he's not interested. Prelim, grand final, the big, the big dance, whatever you want to yeah. call it. It was a bit of a uh, bit of a piss take from the NRL. Ob, your thoughts on the whole fixturing matter, the prelim and the AFL clash? Well, I think uh, PVL summed it up. He said, "What's AFL?" So, yeah. that lacks intelligence. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, I, I sort of alerted Top Rope to it. It might have been. I think it was like Sunday night or Monday. It could be anything in these COVID times. And then up pops this little article in the Guardian column by none other than Nick Tedeschi, titled. NRL puts rugby back in its box by appeasing AFL with finals fixture move. I could just, if anyone's seen that gif on Twitter with the cat typing, I can just imagine the fury in top rope just bashing out that article like that little white cat on the couch just hammering the uh, the keyboard. And then the next little uh, line is, rather than promote the stature of one of the most important games of the season, the prelim final, the league has undermined it, undermined the gateway into the grand final. Nick Tedeschi, all I hear is deathly silence. Your life support. <laughs> I, know you're, I know you're trying to press buttons, Scoop. And guess what? It worked. It worked real well. <laughs> I am real fired up now, I'll tell you that. Uh, for starters, AFL, a game played in Australia's least popular states, definitely not Australia's sport. No one cares about it, New South Wales or Queensland. Play on. Uh, the AFL grand final... Uh, Usually played in the daytime now. So what? They've been coached on a rugby league prelim time. So yeah, just just confirming that. <laughs> well, it's in Perth because Perth, it's yeah, a national not... game. Perth, Perth, Perth doesn't. <laughs> WA doesn't even want to be part of Australia. You've seen Mark McGowan. He's just continuing on. You know the guy from the Hutt River Province who's seceded. Uh, probably let he'd probably be premier these days if he was uh, still around. So. Uh, I, I, I won't cop that in the slightest. Uh, for starters, well, if not for starters, we've already started. Let's just move on. <laughs> uh, rugby league has been run by eunuchs and pansies for way too long. We thought we finally had a saviour in PBL. Two weeks ago, CEO Andrew Abdo says, we'll stand our ground. Well, he stood his ground like Neville Chamberlain stood his ground <laughs> leading into World War II with Hitler. Absolutely <laughs> capitulated. Absolute disgrace. There's absolutely no reason for the NRL to remove this. One, it's an important game. If you really want it to be played in the daytime, schedule it in the daytime for the first place. If you want it at 7.30 on a Saturday night, play it at 7.30 on a Saturday night. Who cares? It's got No one cares about what the NRL prelim number is for the AFL Grand Final. At the end of the day, they're only going to look at what the AFL Grand Final number is for the NRL Grand Final number is. And this will do nothing but help the NRL Grand Final number supersede it. So absolutely ridiculous. I'm absolutely sick of the weak leadership in rugby league. We thought we had a strong man leading, and it turns out maybe not. So for a guy who wants to move the Melbourne Cup, which is a, which is a fair statement to make, for a guy you know, who in April said you know, he would advise never watching uh, or playing AFL, you know, he, he, he sure took a fair dive for uh, when the AFL came, uh, came knocking, didn't he? Well... So, where is your P- I love PVL shirt? It's usually hung with pride on the back of your door, and 
What have you done? Have you turned into a noose? Has it got uh, burn marks on the uh, Welcome to Orange Town sign? Where's it gone? It's MIA. I will say this about PVL. The relationship's not dead, but you want to start showing a few of those strongman characteristics sooner rather than later because it's hidden away and the next, the, 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 the next pansy move we see, it'll be straight into the garbage bin and set on fire. Uh, it's genius marketing from the NRL. No one even knew that there was a prelim on um, and that was going to clash with the AFL. Now you've got the perfect sequence for gambling. You've got the Golden Rose into the Melbourne Storm, which will cruise to the premiership, as you know, top rope. And then you've got uh, the yeah. main game. You've got the uh, the national game over in Perth because they've got sides over in Perth. So we've got a big stadium over there, Adelaide, Queensland. We get bigger attendances all over the country in every yeah. every state of Australia, then rugby league, and that's the national game. Yeah, PVL played it well. I think he was oh, a genius. Mark yeah, him. he was. Um, you know, he's in a poker hand with the AFL. He looked at his cards and he just he laid them down. That's fair <laughs> enough. So he looked for a different time slot. You can't play every hand. Nice bluff. Win. Yeah, <laughs> nice bluff. Oh, as as you will know, MG. <laughs> as you will know, with my uh, preponderance to like to enjoy wagering on uh, every sport at all hours of the day, you can play every hand. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of uh, playing every hand, Hall of Fame time is a, whole, a little bit of Hall of Fame is for someone who does something uh, marvelous on the punt. Manly Seagulls win last week. Our man Anthony Jupp with the uh, the NFL rule where he rang up and figured out how long the flyover time was for the national anthem. Jamie Carr's been in there. She's controversial. We love her. We love Cam Munster. He loves kittens. We love kittens. Kittens is now going into its 88th day in a row shut. I'm just making up that figure. But if you tell us how many days Kittens has been shut for, I'll send you a Bookie Smash merch pack and some little birdie stubby holders. We've got the new stubby holders here too, so they're outstanding. So if anyone can do their research and tell us how long Kittens in South Melbourne has been shut, we'll uh, send you a merch pack. Kittens, Just, just check your bank accounts, good. <laughs> I tell you, see what the last transaction was. Yeah, at Cecil Street. <laughs> I tell you what, you can get a bottle of vodka for two hundred fifty dollars. I'm told, so I think that's pretty good value when you go get bottle service. I think that's um, definitely worth getting the jab for, so you can get back into kittens. Anyway, Hall of Fame. Let's get back on uh, back on track. Not many Hall of Fame nominees. I had an absolute wipeout. I laid incentivize. Uh, oh, jeez, I was all in on Port Adelaide. Thank you very much. Uh, they still haven't realised that the game's uh, started yet, the Port Adelaide power. Mentally, they were shot. And uh, after the weekend, my uh, confidence was shot. I think Maxi Gorn's 55 goal on the run was so electrifying. I'd nominate it in a uh, really tough week, I reckon, for uh, Hall of Fame nominees. Oh, i tell you what, OB, you declared Port Adelaide, but... Oh uh, no! Sorry, you um, you declare or you like Geelong, yeah, but then you actually tipped Geelong. South Sydney Rabbitohs bullishly. So that's nearly Hall of Fame worthy. But yeah, uh, MG, yeah. I saw that someone on my, you know one of my seventy three followers on Twitter, <laughs> um, yeah, at Luke OB fifteen. If you want to join, um, said said what's all in? I said I'm all in on South Sydney. They said what's all in? And I said I'll tell you what's all in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was a one really. Yeah, MG, who you got this week? You, yeah, no, it was a tough week, but uh, Scooty, as you know, we just started our uh, NFL show at Little yes. Birdie, third and long, yeah. um, and we had week one over the weekend. And uh, I wouldn't call him a shy man, our president of the Hall of Fame, but he definitely won't uh, put his hand up to nominate himself. But anyone who followed the week one tips at third and long or should be jumping on board for, yeah. for week two. Top rope. Uh, top rope in a disastrous week for punters went five yep. and zero on the uh, yeah, in line and total, which is unbelievable start to week one. So. Yeah, with so many favourites getting overturned. And then I think he was like four and zip in the NRL. So yeah, he was on fire. He nailed uh, all so, the right plays yeah, He's not going to NRL. The, he won't collect the trophy at the end of the year, but we'll I, put I, him think, in. I think it's time to put him in his own. He's uh, never been in. Yeah, he goes in. That's all right. Near the end of season two, Nick Tedeschi, I think you're the first little birdie, apart from DK and He's a, got couple, a couple of other uh, racing people, uh, you're the first uh, little birdie person in the Hall of Fame. Top rope, yeah. outstanding. You've had a shave for the occasion. You knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll accept the nomination for one reason and one reason only. Uh, I've been so blinded uh, by what's happened in rugby league and their scheduling this week that all I could think of was removing PBL from the Hall of Fame rather than thinking of anyone to add to it. So, yeah, for lack of, for lack of other nominations, I'll, I'll cop it. 
Right. No, I don't mind the old uh, remove PBL. I think it's a uh, an overdue play. Let's uh, let's get rid of him. He uh, <laughs> he's foe of the punter. He's not friend of the punter. I can't even remember what he was in for. So let's remove him. Let's talk about uh, the games on the weekend. Melbourne Storm Seagulls. I tell you what, they clicked into another gear. Read this one like an absolute book. Tommy Turbo was put back in his box. Gus Gould was right. I was right. And more importantly, you said Storm would cruise to the premiership, and I tell you what, they're one win away from uh, the big dance, the grand final, and wowee, they are aside. Uh, yeah, that clicked right back into gear. I was pretty confident uh, once the finals rolled around they had their full side back in that they would click into gear, and they really did. Uh, Manly were never a shot. To be honest, that 40-12 to 12 score on probably flooded Manly, to, to, to be fair. They, they scored a really soft try when, when Lumi Lumi fell over for one kick and... Uh, uh, also spilled on all the bombs. So, uh, oh, look, Melbourne is flying at the moment. But they're the best team in the club. I really don't get this talk about yeah, Penrith being a, a primary threat. Penrith can't run with Melbourne. Yeah, Penrith have one way of winning a game. That's that's grinding the other team to dust. Yeah, good luck if you want to try to grind Melbourne to dust. Mm. It, uh, Ob, I know you don't like the Melbourne Storm, but um, you can sing him a praise. You can say that the win was good. <laughs> No, well, I did watch the you game. Had to. Yeah, no, no, I thought they were outstanding. Just that the the first sort of you know twenty twenty five minutes put it all to bed. Um, so Manly didn't have any answers. I think they scored their two tries within sort of three or four minutes of each other. So um, yeah, they're very good. Credit where credit's due. It looks like Storm and South Sydney in the big GF. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Oh, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the Paps back as well. He had a little double. He looks on fire. Yeah, they were sounding the alarm. Kenny Bromwich on fire. Sound the alarm. The pap is back. <laughs> oh, they, uh, they they just mesmerising. What about uh, the Roosters and the Titans? They were very shaky. They probably deserved to lose the match, I would have thought, in those late dying seconds of the game. Top rope. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Like I was I was pretty confident in the mice that game when it backed that. And it felt like the Roosters for 65 minutes. We're going to run away and win that game by 30. And then Ikuvalu dropped the ball coming off his own line that led straight to a, a Jared Wallace try, which is one of the dumbest, most egregious errors in finals history. <laughs> uh, got back in the game. The Titans should have won. Like, mm. How Patrick Herbert could ever show his face again on the Gold Coast? He's beyond me. All he had to do was pass to his outside. Mm. The surf Corey Thompson gave him afterwards. One of the great sprays of all time. <laughs> and I also love that Corey Thompson, you know, life and soul of rugby league, just a try. You've got bloke who tries all the time, widely beloved and respected. Comps zero grief for absolutely slaying his teammates. So God bless. Good stuff. Silly, was, silly Sunday might have been interesting on the at the Gold Coast Titans headquarters. Yeah. Any any <laughs> any leaks, any stories? Mad Monday. I tell you what, it's been a really uh, no. we've been bereft of no, all Mad Monday. Broncos. They had a whoopsie. Yeah, Broncos, Broncos uh, the Broncos couple players had a wrestle. Yep. Had a wrestle. Had a wrestle. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they described it. And Blake's got a cut eye. He said it was a wrestle. <laughs> All right. What about uh, the big, uh, the big match? The uh, the low scoring affair. PVL would have been uh, giggling that it was a uh, 16-10 scoreline with the rabbits. They were solid in defence. It was it was tough. Penrith didn't like it. Did you like it? Top rope. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. One because I was on the under, so absolutely game <laughs> for that. But. Uh, uh, look, I, I've really come to hate Penrith this year. I really have come to hate Penrith. They are, a, they are an entitled punishment team. Anyone who thinks they're fun to watch is off their heads. Uh, no, no rap on the Panthers. Uh, good to see them get smashed. And, look, the game was great. M- much preferred to see the Bunnies win. Bunnies have now lobbed on the easy side of the draw. Like OB says, should be in a grand final. But I'll, t- I'll tell you what, the real match came afterwards when Ivan Cleary, in one of the dumbest things you've ever seen, tried to play some, tried to deflect and play some mind games with Wayne Bennett, who absolutely slayed him in the press conference. Don't mess with Wayne on that, on that front. He destroyed him. And how any parent Panther could have respect for their coach after that embarrassing shellacking is beyond me. So uh, it was like uh, yeah, it was like Federer playing a. It was like Federer playing an Australian Open qualifier in the first round. Six one, six love, six one. Uh, so and, and yeah, the only reason he, he would have won those two games was some compassion from Federer. Some compassion I don't think Wayne Bennett has for Cleary. Too early to talk tennis. We're just getting over Novak Djokovic. We stopped another one with uh, Lock of the Week, which is a segment that we're going to uh, bury uh, a long way down. 
<laughs> long way down. All right, give us your little little fanboy appraisal of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Come on, OB. You've been waiting for it all week. You got it right. You've proved us all wrong. You got the big prize, 440 or whatever it was. Come right. on, gush. Gush a little bit for the Bunnies. Oh, Tell us why they can win the whole thing. I'm not a Thomas Burgess fan, but, <laughs> Jesus, he was outstanding. He was brilliant. Yeah, I think it was, he, he carried 190 metres. The next best was, I think, was just over 100. Uh, he was very good. Um I think what, what's happened to the Bunnies in previous times is the Storm and Penrith have put 50 on them mm. um, and they've you know, held the Panthers to 10. Um, it's a Wayne masterstroke. Uh, Defence wins premierships and, and Wayne's just you know, tighten the screws and away we go. Top rope, you tipped up Storm pre-post at the start of the season and Rabbits were your value. You're all of a sudden in the box seat for the futures. You probably have been all year, but now with South on the easy side of the draw, boys, they get through the next one, don't they, to, to face the Storm. Should do. I reckon. Uh, I reckon. Man, we'll get to assume. I reckon mainly are uh, maybe a little bit overrated at the moment, and uh, the Roosters are just too busted up to beat the Rabbits, uh, as we saw probably four or five weeks ago. So, uh, I'll be surprised if South were in the grand final. I reckon South have better things to get to the grand final than the Storm. I think yeah, whoever wins the Storm Penrith game will be um, will be the favourite. Will be a, a very heavy favourite in the grand final. But to get to the grand final, South are in the box set for sure. Mm. And a bit of a marketer's dream if it is the Roosters and the Bunnies after Luttrell and you know, <laughs> Joseph Manu. So a bit happening there. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be exciting? Can you believe, can you believe some of these games aren't going to be played in Sydney? Buddy? It was like, uh, Penrith and Parra this week. Just a yeah, stunning game that would have got a huge crowd to either Bankwest or, or, or ANZ. I mean, the possibility of a South Roosters prelim, which would have got a massive crowd, <laughs> all being played in Mackay. What are the mm. chances? Disgusting, isn't it? And, Jeez, uh, <laughs> and the Parramatta Eels line was seven and a half and uh, they won by eight over the Knights. Did you learn anything about that game or is it just making up the numbers? I learned that uh, I learned that when you back the minus seven and a half, <laughs> that sometimes the bunker can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, was a, there was a little bit of something there. Uh, I, the, the, the Parramatta right side, edge, right edge defence, with your man, Fergie Ferg, who is no, maybe the Fergie. worst defender. And has, he has the turning circle of a 747. He is that <laughs> slow. And what like what he was doing standing on Tuala and ponging past that ball, like, just stand on your man. You were, you were doing nothing. Absolutely more. Uh, I learned that you can, that, that can be exposed pretty well there. So, uh, oh, yeah, look, Para aren't going to trouble the scorers uh, in the Premiership, but not really meant this way. Tell you what, ratings are going to go through the roof this week with all the AFL fans tuning into this new sport they've heard about the NRL Friday night up at McKay, 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 Manly Seagulls, twenty-six. Sydney Roosters, $4, 12.5, the Lion, and a little bit of a nibble for the plus there, 185, and the totals, 46.5. Top rope, Manly, twenty-six. throw it in your multis. Uh, you can't Take put the, the toothpaste back in the... You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, Scooty. And uh, <laughs> once the belligerent Victorians have finally got exposed to the great and glorious game of rugby league, it'll be it'll be hard to turn back. It'll be very hard to watch people just kicking a ball around and carrying on like a game of soccer. They'll be wanting to see the hardness of rugby league. So uh, it is good. Good to get some exposure. Um, uh, I'll let the plus here. I'll let the plus here. I, I, I think the Roosters can win this off the stick, to be honest. I think they're wow. way too short. Uh it's one of those games. So if Manly get off to a good start, if Manly kind of get to you know, 12-0, 14-0 up, they could absolutely blow the rest of the water by 40. But I, I think the longer this game goes on, the more the rest are a chance of winning. I think both teams have got very poor records against top five teams this year. Uh, Manly, 0-5, and five, lost all by double digits. Uh, Roosters, 1-6. and six. But Their only win came against Manly. There was no two there. So a bit hard to get a guide on that. But... I think they're a well-coached team. So I think they've got, like, you're going to see similar what the Storm did with Turbo last week. They're going to try and shut Turbo down by just dominating in the forward pack. Look, there's plenty of injuries at the, at the Roosters, but the forward pack is still very, very strong. You know, Jared Weir, Hargraves, Angus Crichton, Tupanua, you know, Tucky Hart, still, you know, still Victor Radley, most of their, 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 their top forward pack here. So I, I think the Roosters, I think the plus is a great bet. You know, I think the... Uh, the Roosters can win this off the stick. Mm. And I think Manly off a loss of 16 of 18, the over. So it's going to be tries. I've just did a little bit of Wait, stats, a bit of research from my database. It's Scooty. Hey? 
Like plenty of points in this one. They're both uh, uh, mainly have conceded 18 plus and 12 and 14. Uh, Russell have conceded 20 plus and 5 or 6. I think uh, both defences are a little bit loose at the moment, so I will be backing the over for sure. Our, uh, our rugby league roughy king, OB, are they... Uh... Are you backing the dog here? Are you going to take the Roosters over the Seagulls? Or? As a South Sydney fan, I could never back the Roosters. Oh, so yeah. it's, uh, We're here to manly, make money, though. Manly through and through. Manly. Wait, don't you want it, Roosters to win this week so you can uh, beat them the week after to get into a grand final? Wouldn't that be sweeter? No, that scares me. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if, if, we, if we lost to them, they're in a grand final. So no thanks. All right, fair enough. All right. And MG, you'll just be on Tommy Turbo. One, two, three tries. So no, no need to ask your opinion on the match. Oh, well, what are the chances of shutting down um, Turbo two, two weeks, weeks in, in a row? row? Lightning doesn't strike two weeks in Top a row. row. Surely, uh, you know, you, you'll show up. Isn't? It's uh, not easy to uh, shut I him think, down. I think we'll see a better game from Turbo. But I don't think he's going to get the run of the roof. Like, you've got to remember the last two weeks of the season, they struggled to beat the Bulldogs, worst team in the comp by the length of the country mile. And then they, they were up by six points against the Cowboys with, with 12 minutes to go. Cowboys are hopeful. They're the worst defensive side in, in the comp. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think men are going to well. So, I I think Turbo can be shut down relatively well. I won't say shut down, contained. Perhaps a better word. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to he's going to be blasted with the paddock like he does against these absolutely hopeless teams. I'm going to send Turbo that clip there. <laughs> you get shut down just to rev him a little. Well, Turbo Turbo might deserve to be shut down because I just got word that Turbo. Uh, uh, there was a story in the paper uh, yesterday to say that he played junior AFL with the Sydney Swans and may have been lost to blah, blah, blah. You know what? If you're in New South Wales and you're playing AFL, you're in the sea and you're in the sea for good. See you, Turbo. <laughs> Saturday night, uh, Penrith uh, get a chance to avenge their loss. Penrith Panthers stole 22, Parramatta 440 and the line at 12.5. I think they've just cut and paste the same odds for both games almost. 42.5 the total here, so expecting less points. Surely Penrith bounce back here against uh, Blake Ferguson's Eels. My Blake. Uh, yeah, pro- they probably do bounce back. I, I've got to take the plus here, and, and particularly keen on the under, which is probably the guiding the, the bet on the plus here. But well, these two teams hate each other, and they nearly always play low-scoring games. You see a lot of scores in the 20s when these two play, even the teens. Uh, scrap when these guys played in round 25 uh, this year. Uh the Eels were resting 14 of their 17 best, so hardly any players there. Typically, these guys have just been low scoring and tight. I think eight of the last 12 have been uh, one score games. So, uh, look, Penrith are probably too good, too classy. Yeah, I think Cleary's going to have an absolute field day. And if you're backing some anytime try scorers, you want to be on Burton and Brian Tuttle. Uh, they'll be up against uh, on 33rd side. So, uh, they're going to have a field day out there. But uh, I think I can see kind of Penrith winning this one. You know, 18 6, 20 to 12, something like that. So, uh, I'll, small the plus, but, but big the under in this one. Mm, it'd be a wet dream if uh, Penrith went out in straight sets for you, top rope. I'll tell you what, as someone on the storm, I'm very keen to see Paramount pull off an upset this week. Very, very keen. What, what, about, what about that for uh, a reward? You win the minor premiership, you win your uh, your opening game, you're going to Penrith in the, uh, in the neck, in, in the freedom. So, anyway, got to beat him at some stage and. Uh, uh, I'm sure they'll like it. Talking. The Ruffy King with 73 followers, OB. Para? No, I'm, uh, look, I don't, I don't think Penrith will get it in straight sets. I think they're too good for that. So, um, yeah, Penrith are mine. Okay. MG? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if uh, if we were continuing the segment of Lock of the Week, I'd put Penrith in there also. <laughs> I'd put Manly, and that would mean that one of them get beat. Talking about Lock of the Week, Raised.org.au. We managed 10000 for the year, so not a bad effort for charity, but uh, couldn't strike a blow Lock of the Week. It was a topsy-turvy, in-and-out sort of season for us on the AFL especially. Uh, so a lot of favourites went over there, and uh, we just couldn't get the ball rolling. We got to 3K a couple of times, and we were just absolutely like mice in a wheel, like everyone stuck in COVID. So Lock, the Lock of... The lock segment is dead. Next uh, next season, we might bring it back and call it the Hail Mary, which is probably a better way to describe how we've handled it all season. My check must be in the mail for uh, putting Port in last week. So uh, the Bulldog supporter out there, I need a sling. I um, I got Port beat, put him in the lock, and I also got Ayrton beat. So Johnny Allen's got me a couple of times in lock of the week. So he is off the Christmas card and off the little birdie uh, party list. John Allen, the jockey, and... 
DK's off. Oh, there's a couple of people off him. Casey's off him, and uh, sure as hell he'll come out and uh, beat me again this weekend. But uh, it's been a fun segment, lock of the week. Uh, bittersweet, really, to see it go. You, you, will you miss it, Top Rope? I absolutely will not miss it in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. It is the, the, the pressure of doing something good for someone is really, it's really neat for me. I just prefer <laughs> to be selfish, to do stuff for myself. So, real disappointing. And you got Djokovic in the tennis, MG. Djokovic, so his golden <laughs> yeah. run ended. We've, we've, stopped some, we've stopped some absolute Rafa, greats in this show. Absolutely. Rafa on clay, we stopped. Yeah, Djokovic at the US Open. Rafa had a, uh, what was it, 102 was his record on clay and Scooby stopped him there. Stockport. And I, and I stopped Djokovic going for uh, going for the Grand Slam. So didn't even win a set just to top it off. So at least it was quick and painless. You stopped, you stopped him for the Golden Slam as well, did you, Eugene? Were you on him in the Olympics? Uh, no, nah, I don't think I was on in the Olympics, but yeah, that was that was a good choke. So he's cho- choked twice in this in the same year, so it's not a good effort. Outstanding so. stuff. All right, top rope top rope question. Will you join us for the Brownlow stream on Sunday night? A little cameo, two minute little cross, live cross. Absolutely. You- Absolutely. <laughs> oh, what's a Brownlow? What's a Brownlow? <laughs> Google it. No, I will say this. I I find watching AFL uh rather boring. But Brownlow night, one of the great nights. I just love betting on blokes I've never heard of to win to win club categories, to win position categories. Never heard of these blokes, but always after some mail. So I will be tuning in. I will be available. I'll be yeah. I wish Demetrio was reading the names really boring like he used to. Better times. Uh, fantastic stuff. So the Brownlow streams also available to jump in, jump on, and we've already had, uh, as we've announced earlier in the show, fifteen thousand on Clayton Oliver at four twenty five to win the whole thing, and we've also had the five thousand Clayton Oliver to uh, be the leader at round ten. Nick Tedeschi will be googling who Clayton Oliver is right this yeah. moment. So, but, uh, so Richard, so Richard's not going to win this year. <laughs> I'll see you, mate. All right, that's a that's a wrap from us. It's been a fantastic show. We'll have more of Top Rope. And uh, make sure you check out the NFL show, Third and Long. It's an absolute cracker. It was great opening uh, game on the Friday. I love how there's a Friday morning game. I love that there's a Monday game, Tuesday game. It's getting through us through the absolute horrors and how clutch was Tom Brady last week, just cruising uh, awesome. Tampa to victory. So can't wait to uh, catch up on the NFL show because I'm an, I'm a novice at the NFL, so it's uh, it's good content for me. OB, you're a you're a big Denver fan, big Denver fan. <laughs> Peyton Manning, he's been going beautifully lately. <laughs> so I just found out Von Miller's still playing. So how am I going? <laughs> oh, that's a wrap from us. You'll see us uh, in the Brownlow stream seven o'clock on Sunday. Set your alarm for it. It's going to be a beauty stream. MG will be in the hot seat. So if Clayton Oliver uh, doesn't win. We might have a week off. We're out. See you. (laughs) Lucky's not the lock. See you next week.